Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Today's episode, episode number 10, is a landmark report about the youngest female who has ever undergone egg freezing, a process that is formally known as oocyte cryopreservation. This study was just published in May in the reproductive journal Fertility and Sterility. Before talking more about this report, it's helpful to have a bit of context on Turner syndrome, which is what this patient had. It affects roughly 1 in 2,500 females, regardless of race or ethnicity. With Turner syndrome, these females have a chromosomal abnormality where, instead of having two X chromosomes, they're missing all or some portion of an X chromosome. This chromosomal issue is not inherited from a parent. It happens due to a random biology error early on when the baby girl is still in utero. Without having two complete X chromosomes, the vast majority of those with Turner syndrome struggle to conceive. While they're still in utero, around the second trimester, the follicles that were in development start dying off at a rapid rate. Most of their eggs will be unusable by the time the girl hits puberty. This premature ovarian failure means that it is very rare for a woman with Turner syndrome to be able to conceive and to give birth naturally. With this background information, let's get into this very interesting case. As you now know, Turner syndrome means that the chances of natural conception are quite rare. Knowing this, the parents of an almost seven-year-old Israeli girl sought fertility counseling to learn about future options for their daughter. Lab results and an ultrasound revealed that the patient had a low but existing ovarian reserve. After speaking with a fertility expert, a pediatric endocrinologist, and a mental health expert at Tel Aviv University, the parents learned that they had three options for their daughter. The first option was egg donation, which has in recent years been the most successful method for people with Turner syndrome to have children. The second option was to freeze ovarian tissue, which is invasive, experimental, and until this point, was considered to be the only viable option for girls who haven't hit puberty and who need chemotherapy to try to preserve fertility to have their own biological child. Option number three was considered to be just as invasive and even more experimental than option number two. This option would be to try to stimulate the girl's ovaries to retrieve and freeze whatever oocyte she still had left. This was presented as an option because thus far, tissue preservation has been less successful at preserving fertility than egg freezing. The parents went with option number three. Because this was such a novel and experimental procedure to try in a young girl who hasn't gone through puberty, an ethics committee at Tel Aviv University reviewed this case, and they approved it after hearing from multiple fertility specialists. Given that the parents the specialists, and the institution were on board. I'm guessing you're wondering, how did this seven-year-old girl feel about all of this? Per the report, the child received emotional counseling in a developmentally appropriate manner. Her main concern was whether the procedure would be painful and whether she would be able to participate in her jazz dance classes. Given that they proceeded with ovarian hyperstimulation, it is implied that participation in jazz dance classes could continue. To grow the eggs within the ovaries, this seven-year-old girl was given daily injections of follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone for 10 days. Thereafter, a pelvic ultrasound showed four follicles were growing. 
to trigger the ovulation of those oocytes or eggs within the four follicles, she received an injection of a gonadotropin-releasing hormone, also known as tryptorelin, which may have been chosen to reduce the risk of a bad outcome like ovarian hyperstimulation in this young girl. On the day of retrieval, this young girl was placed under anesthesia. The doctors used an ultrasound that went through the abdomen instead of the vagina to retrieve the eggs. Unfortunately, her follicles were actually empty, so no eggs were retrieved despite all of that effort. Surprisingly, the parents wished to try again. Forty days after the first round, their daughter started a new round of follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone, but at a slightly higher dose. On day eight, four follicles were growing. For round two, she was given a different trigger shot. Instead of the tryptorelin, she received one dose of human chorionic gonadotropin, also known as HCG. 36 hours later, at the time of retrieval, again under anesthesia, six eggs were retrieved. Fortunately, all six eggs wound up being viable and they were cryogenically frozen. This wound up being a mind-blowing result. Girls who haven't gone through puberty can have their eggs frozen. But as the old saying goes, just because you can doesn't mean you should. The authors of this study emphasized that trying to preserve eggs in young girls should only occur in exceptional circumstances. They noted that cancer and chemotherapy produce different hormone circumstances than Turner syndrome, so the practice of retrieving eggs before puberty should not be universally adopted. I would certainly agree with that. Personally, I'm most curious about the human side of this. How did this seven-year-old feel about what happened to her? Did she really have agency over these monumental decisions? Since the seven-year-old went through a second round of stimulation and anesthesia, one could assume that she was not so traumatized that she was unwilling to repeat the whole procedure again. Assumption, though. Thinking about the parental side, if my child was seven and had only a limited time to potentially preserve a hope for future fertility, would I try to have her go through ovarian hyperstimulation as well? I don't know. I wish we could slip into the shoes of the mother and father who kicked off this groundbreaking study, and to do so, we would need more personal details. For the sake of patient privacy as well as being professional, it makes sense that the report kept mainly to the science, aside from mentioning those jazz classes. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I'll be posting show notes with more details on the webpage for this episode at www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in. 